Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. So I'm bringing you, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. Uh, and as soon as I get my coffee in or whatever I need to do to kind of wake up a little bit more, <laughs> we will be helping you, our listeners, promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And we want to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. And I'm still waking up, y'all. I've had a long week, but I'm glad to be in alive again one more day. But uh, as always, we invite you to join us. You're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. And there's several ways you can do that. First and primary way, if you want to, simply call the number 347-237-5230. That's the number to call uh, if you want to put your insights, observations, opinions, whatever it may be. If you want to get that on the air, you can do that. Uh, the chat line, we always have a live chat room open, and it's open now. So you can also get your thoughts, insights, opinions in on on there. Uh, or visit the Facebook page. We have the Zero Network on Facebook. Uh, trending, you know, go to that page, like it, join, invite friends. Uh, we update it as frequently as we can, and you can also share you know, insights, give ideas for shows, whatever you want to do, you can do that. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Prophesy. Here is the email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Skype us, hype us, pipe us, however you want to. <laughs> I don't even know if pipe us make any sense. But either way, anyway, we are here, and we're glad. You know what I'm excited about? You guys, you listeners, have made this show into a phenomenal, phenomenal phenomenal show we have been bursting out of the scenes i mean i just got the latest stats and i am i mean we've had over five thousand just in the last few months uh uh five thousand listeners um, i'm pulling up these stats so you can, uh it, we've had it's been phenomenal what you guys have done um we have had ninety thousand total listens just this year um, and uh, about sixty, over sixty thousand uh, people have come and visited the page, visited the blog, visited all that. So I am just, I, you guys, y'all the best. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you sharing. And if you have missed any show, you can always go back to uh, go to Zero Today on Blog Talk Radio and you catch any archive uh, shows. You can get down. Uh, Download a, a podcast on iTunes. You get you have your iPad, you have your iPhone, you have your uh, iPod. You can catch up on all the shows and download them on podcast. And uh, every show from that, I just great. You get, we have a wonderful audience, wonderful listeners, and I appreciate you as you've been allowing us how you've helped the show grow over the last three years. And, and it's amazing to me how we you know we've done so much. 
Uh, anyway, it was, I'm just expressing my gratitude. But before I go any further, let me go into prayer. And then we'll get into what we'll be talking about today. And I have some interesting interesting things to talk about. And uh, But let's pray first and we'll go for that. Father, thank you for the day. We honor you and glorify you and bless you for another day's journey that we're glad about. This is truly the day that you've made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. Now let the words of our mouth and meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. This is our prayer, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, let me tell you why today is a very, very, very special day. Today is a very, 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 very special day because today is my dad's birthday. And I want to uh, I want to give a very special shout-out, and I hope he's listening because if he's listening, you know, well, that's a whole different thing. But a very, very, very happy birthday goes out to my dad, uh, the Reverend Herbert Miller. And... Uh, uh, this guy is a phenomenal guy, uh, a scholar, a scholar, a preacher, extraordinaire, teacher, and of course my role model. You know, and um, if you've seen the father, you or you've seen the son, you've seen the father, <laughs> or something like that. But uh, uh, I, I hope that he is enjoying his day. I hope that he will be enjoying his day. I wish I could be there. And try to do something for him, but you know that's a whole whole different whole different thing. But anyway, he's celebrating today, so uh, uh, you can go to my Facebook page. I got a picture of him and I together, and you could just uh, send him some um, birthday greetings if you like. And I, he has a Facebook page, but I'm not going to give that. You know, well, I already told the name, so he probably. <laughs> but today is his birthday, and. Uh, uh, it's a special birthday for him because he's in the last year of a decade, and I'm not going to say which decade, but uh, he'll be, if the Lord willing, he'll be making the, the trough into a new decade next year. So, yeah, and we're going to celebrate big for that one. We're going to celebrate big for that one, but I digress. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. I appreciate you for bringing me into this world, and uh, I think I'm doing halfway decent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a halfway decent job of making you look good. But uh I know my other brothers will be probably contacting him if they haven't already. But uh we'll probably be celebrating I'm I'm looking for trying to get there for Thanksgiving and uh it's gonna be a, an excited Thanksgiving. Uh one of my sisters is newly engaged. So uh we'll we'll be having uh I guess almost like a celebration for, for them and my other sister who is uh already married and you know, be there. And of course I hope to bring Jackson in and <laughs> my stepmom has never met Jackson yet. I think she's the only member of of my media family right now who has not met Jackson yet. So <laughs> she's got to meet Jackson. Man. Anyway, don't y'all be laughing at me. Y'all know I love Jackson. He outside running around right now somewhere. Who knows what he's up to. Anyway, I digress. So let's get into what we're going to be talking about. I mean, we have a, I have a uh, big uh, show. I mean, a lot of topics to talk about, and I'm going to try to get in as many as I can. But uh, three, three big things. Uh, uh, who has the right to choose between life and death? We're going to share about the story of the Indiana man who made a decision uh, uh, that was a faithful decision, but a, I, I call it a powerful decision that led to the ending of his life. Also, going to be talking about, uh, of course, we're going to talk about preachers of LA. It gets gooder and gooder for some folk, not not better, but gooder and gooder. And uh, they had a preach off. And then um, uh, there's this gospel artist Kevin Terry, who has now uh, become infamous for something other than gospel singing. And um, uh, we're going to talk about him and his situation, uh, the relevance of his situation on the gospel music industry and particularly the black church and accountability, transparency, and things of that nature. So we got a, a whole lot to talk about, and there's so much more that I want to get into. But I want uh, – on yesterday, I posted to my Facebook page a story that um, – has has been making rounds and, and is has been interesting. Um, There's a story of a young black man, uh, a young student at a Texas school, 
and the student um, has claimed that he uh, he's a homosexual, and he alleged that he was bullied, and because of him being bullied, he uh, decided to make a protest, and it was an interesting protest. Uh, what he did was he brought a Bible to school, got permission from the school, from the administration to bring the Bible, but um, during class, um, because of the taunting from other students uh, and what he considered to be bullying, he took the Bible and the scriptures that they were saying, I, I, and I don't know if the, the students, his classmates were quoting these scriptures, but from Romans and Leviticus, but or if he was just aware that these scriptures, the scriptures in Romans, uh, Romans chapter one and Leviticus eighteen, the ones that are primarily used for um, uh, uh, gay arguments against homosexuality. Uh, these, those are the, those are the scriptures that people use usually. Uh, he ripped those from the Bible, and as a result of him ripping uh, those particular scripture passages or those pages from the Bible, he ends up getting suspended from school. He gets a three-day suspension from school, and because he got suspended from school, uh, his parents are threatening a lawsuit. Now, here's the interesting thing about this this, this story. Uh, the principal gave, uh, or the school administration gave him permission to bring the Bible, and of course you can't stop students. You know, I, I, there's no law that I am aware of, having been a, a former school administrator myself. Uh, there's no law that I'm aware of that forbids students from bringing uh, uh, Bibles. You know, there 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 are regulations regarding dress codes and you know other things regarding religion in public schools. But uh, but they gave him permission to bring the Bible. Uh, the reason he was um, called to the principal's office is, is because the primary reason was that he ripped those pages out of the Bible. Okay. Uh, but he claims there was a formal protest because he was being bullied uh, by his by his classmates for being a homosexual. Although there was no physical uh, bullying, you know. Uh, uh, the taunting, I guess, got to him, and this was a way from him to uh, – well, actually, it didn't, uh, he claims it really wasn't bullying. It was more like teasing him for being gay. And uh, his, his, this is what he says. His, his thing was, at my high school, some kids like to say that being gay is a sin and that you can't be gay and Christian. And I wanted to bring my Bible to school and interpret the books of Leviticus and Romans because they are often used to bully gay people. And uh, he took it into a Spanish class. I mean, that's his first home, I, you know, first period class. But come on. Anyway, uh, he was suspended because he says this. I think the Bible was a tool for Christians to use to guide them spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. That's what he says the Bible was. But when he uh, ripped the Bible, the principal suspended him for um, uh, distracting the class. Uh, said that and he said the the grounds for it was that if he were a uh, if if he were to have a copy of the Koran. Uh, if he ripped a page out of Koran, he would be offending Muslims. And you know, so why would he rip a page out of the Bible when he knows it was would it uh, possibly offend uh, Christians? Nonetheless, uh, he gets suspended. Now, this is where my my biggest problem with it. He gets a three day suspension from school. Now, I, I like I say, I've been in administration. I was responsible for disciplined students when I was uh, uh, working as a uh, school administrator, training as a school administrator and all that. I was, that was my primary responsibility. I believe the suspension was harsh. Uh, you know, a referral, yeah. Uh, a three-day suspension, uncalled for. A day in school suspension, I could see, I could tolerate. I'm, I'm sure even his parents probably would. But um, a three-day suspension, uh, unfortunately, set those set the school up for this lawsuit that the parents could file and could win. And so on my page, there's been a bunch of discussion about this, and I didn't intend to 
I didn't intend to lead off with this with this story, but it's just got it has gotten so many comments on my um on my personal Facebook page regarding um uh how the church should react if it was you know, if it was uh, offensive, if it was if it was just downright blasphemous or you know, things of that nature. Personally, I I uh I while I read the book, the Bible as as a book and I can understand under the First Amendment, this young man's right. I personally, from a perspective as a school administrator, you know, I would have just looked. I would have handled it differently. I would have, and being, you know, you know, also being that I'm a, I'm a pastor, minister, um, I would have addressed the concerns of the student directly, addressed the concerns of the classmates, you know. Uh, Especially regarding if there was bullying and taunting, you know, with such a it's because it's such a sensitive area right now. It's such a sensitive thing. I would address that, but uh, um, suspending him for such an action, I, I don't think that would because if it had been a Muslim, they would not have done that. I could tell you that much. So, but uh, I, I just said if you want to uh, check that out, I found this story on Charisma News. Dot com um so you can you can find that story uh charisma news and um if you want to share some of your thoughts on that you can share your thoughts on that uh that story also but um what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break uh, when I come back from this break we'll go into our uh first first story that we spoke of and I'd like to hear your thoughts about this um this man who decided to end his life. Uh, and we'll give you more about that, um, of course. And then uh, the second part of it, we'll be talking about uh, Kevin Terry and the Preachers of L.A. And so uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and many other topics. If you have any other topics that you may want to talk about, love to hear that. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a, a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever. Because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. We 
a great pair. Great pair. Huh? Progressive. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. You know, there's a lot of people who struggle with uh, oral hygiene, and I actually, I, I had a problem with it, and I wasn't aware. Some of my friends was like, hey, you need to check your breath. <laughs> and I didn't take it the wrong way. I actually thought it, uh, realized that as a diabetic, I need to take care. I need to have healthy gums. I need to have healthy teeth. I need to take care of my breath. And one of the ways that I have discovered to do that is by using TheraBreath. TheraBreath is... Uh, a wonderful uh, means of keeping your breath fresh, stopping halitosis, freshening your breath, and all kinds of things. I use, I have started using the spray, and I, I've come to discover that the their breath spray uh, is a wonderful thing. And those of you who really have sinus problems and it drains to the back of your throat uh, and it affects your breath, their breath is uh, has a product just for you that you could use to do get, get you know freshen your breath and, and attack those things that 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 bad breath and things that that deal with that and you know you need to look into doing that and uh i use it i i recommend it to anybody so try it today go to therabreath.com and look at all the products that they have and i guarantee you, you will really enjoy what you find that's therabreath.com I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. Hey. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay Wait. away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we're glad that you have joined us today. Uh, uh, again, we're excited about another opportunity, we're excited for you helping us to get a, uh, have a successful show every week, and we just appreciate you. So the last segment I talked about um, a, a young student, high school student, who, uh, because he felt he was being bullied, uh, ripped, uh, used the Bible as a means of protest. Rip the Bible and they'll get suspended. And I'd like to hear your thoughts about that if you want to share uh, in that. So that uh, that you can uh, call in the number 347-237-5230. If you want to get your thoughts in on the air about that or go to the chat room and share your thoughts about it. But uh, there's been a lot of things that's been going on. And on the other day I came across a story that touched my heart but also made me question quite a bit. Um, it's a story about an Indiana man who – uh, decided to end his life as a result of a tragic accident. Tim Bowers of Indianapolis, Indiana, he loved the outdoors. He was one of those who loved to hunt, one of those guys who loved to hunt, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. And um, that love came to an end uh, not long ago, uh, I think about a week ago or something like that, where he was out shooting deer and he fell from his deer stand. And those of you who've ever been deer hunting, I've been I've been deer hunting, and uh, I've been in the deer camps. And you know those stands could be as high as 20 feet, some higher than that. And um, there, there's a lot of accidents that could happen. But this man fell, and I think he fell about 16 feet. And as a result of his fall, uh, he was instantly paralyzed. He was uh, unable to breathe on his own. And so he was rushed to a hospital, and he was put on a ventilator, uh, and they realized that a lot of the vertebrae in his back were severely damaged, so that even if they managed to repair them, uh, he would at best be a paraplegic, 
or uh, but he'd still be unable to breathe on his own. Think about Christopher Reeve. Uh, you remember when Christopher Reeve had that accident? He was uh, uh, well. I apologize. I you know, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Uh, we got disconnected, so I lost my train of thought. Uh, so let's take a quick break and let me regather myself together. We'll be back right after this. I was born to push myself, to go where I'm needed, to keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that... Uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. It was just gigantic. It was humongous. Enormous, huge bill. That's actually when we switched to Vonage. The service is great. I don't see any difference with the call quality. More, I can just pick up the phone and call. As it. many family members as I want. Ugh, why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill. Before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
All right, welcome back to Zero Today again. Uh, again, I want to send my apologies for the um, the uh, breakup on the air. I don't know. You know, technology is one thing, I tell you. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that we're back. Um, before we before we got disconnected, I was we were talking about the uh, Tim, who uh, the young man in Indiana who decided to give his life, I mean, end his life after he realized the condition that he was in was not uh, honorable for him. You know, and I was speaking of uh, of Saul's decision to do the same thing. And, and you know, uh, the church is kind of iffy on this, but uh, we were. Uh, discussion regarding euthanasia, abortion, uh, things of that nature. Where does the church fit on that? Uh, uh, should the church even have a stand on that? Should they? Should uh, we address it in some way? And what about those who commit suicide? You know, do we have the power, or do we have the right, as I worded it, the right to uh, choose life or death? And I know there's a proverb that says. Uh, power, life, or death is in your tongue. You can choose it, what might be. But in a situation like that, uh, when we are placed, uh, how should we as ministers approach it? How should uh, you, as congregants, uh, members of the church, who who know, you know, individuals who are struggling with this decision? It's a long story. You know, it's a difficult thing to deal with. But um, you know, just just want to get your insight on that. Uh, so. Uh, I just hate the way some stuff just turns out when uh, when it comes down to this technology thing. So anyway, but if you want to get your insight about that, sure, you know you know what to do. You know how to go about doing it. So let's move on to this next subject here. The next subject I I, I found to be uh, pretty interesting. Um, there's a gospel singer. I don't know how well he is, uh, well known or how uh, profound he is, or but a uh, gospel singer. Terry, Kevin Terry has come to the light, uh, to the forefront of uh, the viral world uh, because of a sex tape that has been released. And, of course, uh, sex tapes in the entertainment industry are uh, not as bad as they used to be, but when you're talking about a gospel gospel artist, it can be devastating. It can be uh, career-changing. Uh Especially when you're uh, a male g- gospel star, gospel artist, and you're portraying the image of one thing, and it turns out that you may not be what you're portraying. So this this video that was released uh, shows this gospel artist, this male gospel artist, performing oral sex on another man, uh, and it's gone viral, and it, it has uh, it has raised up the questions of our of the role of homosexuals in the church, as particularly, you know, they are musicians. Uh, they are the choir directors. Those, they are, some are even pastors. And, you know, we did the story last week of the uh, pastor who was a bishop in Detroit who resigned from her church because she entered a same-sex uh, marriage. So we, we, it's always been, been there. Uh, but we have prominent, you know, artists like Tone, uh, whatever he's calling himself now, and now this others and many others, who are making, uh, are forcing the the church to question, question, um, uh, not just where we stand, black church in particular, where we stand on homosexual, uh, homosexuality, but also uh, the role that they have in our churches. We know. You know, like I said, there are organists, there are drummers, there are choir directors. In some cases, there may even be the pastors or preachers. Uh, so how do we deal with them in light of this? And uh, one one blogger uh, asked the question, should we forgive? Uh, should we forgive Tony, uh, uh, Terry for his action? You know, um, of course, the answer, of course, you should forgive him. The question is, how should you receive him afterwards? Uh do you receive him as a uh, as a penitent, repentant individual who may still choose? You know, he may still be struggling with gender identity. He may not want to say that he's a homosexual. He may not claim that. He may say he's struggling, uh, just like Ted Haggard. Ted Haggard said that he had always struggled with same-sex attraction, but he did not consider himself to be homosexual. 
yet he was, you know, one of the things that brought him down was he was involved with the man in some, some very similar. Uh, I think they he was soliciting sex with a prostitute that led him down, a male prostitute that led him down, and that, plus he did meth. Uh, so the question is, uh, uh, now we're more aware, how, how will we receive those individuals who, like Mr. Terry, uh, they may come out the closet, they may not come out the closet. How, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how it's going to ref, uh, affect his, uh, his fan base. You know, uh, what I do know is the black church is more than a forgiving church. Uh, you just think about recent incident with Eddie Long. Eddie Long, uh, when the four young men accused him of, of, of molesting them, uh, at, when I, when I, while they were still teenagers, of course he stood and he said he got five stones and he, you know, he ready to go to war, but he ended up paying twenty five million dollars to settle, and he was not removed from his church. His members actually supported him greatly. Of course, his congregation is predominantly black congregation. Uh, the New Birth Baptist Church of Atlanta, or Latonio, wherever that is. And his members fervently supported him in spite of the sexual immorality that was proven. Uh, and I know from my own experience, you know, uh, we have supported pastors who have had very, lewd, you know, lewd sexual, you know, Lascivious behaviors toward women in the congregation, uh, uh, blatant sexual immorality, and yet they remain in their pulpits, undeterred, and some even un, um, unaffected by their sexual immorality. So we have to ask, in this new paradigm, how will we as a church address that? How should we address it? And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, you got to address it head on, because if you don't address it head on, uh, you you will miss it altogether. Uh, one of my friends, Mendisa Thomas, uh, Mendisa is the she's the president of the Black Nonbelievers of Atlanta of America and uh, of America and particularly of Atlanta. And she recently did a presentation. Uh, I think everyone should check it out. And I I got the link on my personal web Facebook web uh, uh, page, so you can go to that to my, my personal web page, and you can check out the link to the presentation she did on the church or, or black sexuality in, in the church. Now, mind you, she's never been a church member, so uh, it's pretty objective. She's not she's not um, presenting it in a negative way, so you just have to, you just have to uh, look at the video, and I thought it was very objective and informative. But the, fa the fact is that for the black community overall to be sexually as sexually repressed as it is as we are of uh, uh, or you know we 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 have so much sexual um repression for us to be as sexually uh hypersexual let me put it this way for us to have be be presented as hypersexualized we are uh the most a sexually repressed race, sexually repressed race, and I say that tongue in cheek because when you look at the rappers and uh, some of the some of the lyrics that people uh, have, you you hear the blatant oversexuality, but at the same time, you see uh, the exact opposite in the black community. Uh, I go back to uh, Obama and. Um, 2008, when Obama was elected uh, to his first term in office, the state of California also had on the same ballot Proposition 8. Um, and while he won, uh, while President Obama won that state overwhelmingly, particularly with the black population in that state, the same population that voted for Barack Obama to be elected as president was the same population that um, – voted for Proposition 8, banning same-sex marriage in the state of California. And, of course, that has been, I believe, that was recently overruled by the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court. But that just goes to show you the, um, the disparity there, the disjunct there, um, because you have uh, one identity trying to, trying to uh, be put forward that 
contradicts the reality of the of what we are actually have. So that's just something you need to we we just need to think about. Uh, of course, the church should forgive him. Um, now, whether his local ministry, I know if he has a local ministry that he serves, you know, it's up to them how they choose to handle the situation. I'm, I'm you know, I'm quite sure they probably a little bit uh, embarrassed, as they should be. And uh, uh, I, I doubt if they would ask him to step down. They may, they may not, I don't know. Uh, that's not my call. But what I do know, what I do know is that... Uh, we really have to address the issues of sexual repression in the black church. And, you know, everybody knows the supposed reputation of black preachers. I hear it all the time. and I, You know, I've actually even myself been accused of, you know, some of those, some of the same things. But uh, the, the problem is, is that we're not addressing it, and it goes on and continues. And we're going to find ourselves imploding on this issue, and it's going to, you know, by that time the church will be almost, um, we 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 won't be empowered, you know, we'll be too too weak and too shallow to do anything about that. But that's just my thought, you know. What do I know? I'm just a preacher. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more break and then we'll uh, we've got about ten minutes. In. Let's play this uh, on um, so the preachers of L.A. Preachers of L.A. is is actually becoming a popular show week by week, gaining more uh, more viewers, of course, gaining more drama and uh, gaining more uh, criticism. Uh, so last week on Halloween night, the the all the cast members of the preachers of L.A. Were on were ho- were guests of Arsenio Hall, and they you know they they talked with him and uh, they expressed their um, they addressed their critics, said even Jesus had haters, but they also did something that was pretty interesting. Uh, they had a preach off, so I'm gonna play a clip of this preach off. Every last one of them, there I think there were six preachers, and they had 30 seconds to preach. Uh, to, to preach to the people And I want y'all to take a listen to this I'm here with the preachers of L.A. And we're going to have a preach-off Each pastor gets 30 seconds to do a sermon The title this evening is Life is not a reality show You, sir Well, I heard a preacher one time say in a movie That if God can deliver Gilligan off the island He can actually deliver you from anything. Just what God's done in my life, He can do in your life. If Jesus can save a guy like me, redeem me, empower me, set me free from my past, and empower me for my future, God can hook you up too. There is life after mistakes. You can look to Jesus. He will change your life. He left you a couple seconds. Life is not like a reality show. You will not get rated at the end of every week. What is important is that at the end of your run, the executive producer of life gives you a well done. And I want you to understand that even if you were not able to keep up with a Kardashian, it really doesn't matter. What matters is you receive abundant life, and at the end of it, Jesus tells you, well done. This is what life is all about. And one other thing I want you to understand, no matter what mistakes you make, he will never cancel you. He will always reach out to you, lift you up, and embrace you. To understand the real issues of life, we can argue from two standpoints. The first standpoint is that when you understand life, you realize that you will never ever sit in front of 1.2 or 1.5 million people at any one time to decide who you are. The second thing to realize is that whenever you know God and you understand the things of God, you understand that He and He alone is the one who keeps your records. And all of us have to approach Him by faith, and we approach Him seeking grace. We seek grace because none of us at any time can argue with God that I don't need your grace. I am living so well that I no longer need your grace. Dietrich Haddon. 
30 seconds. I, I want to flip it on you. Life is a reality, but it's not a show. See, the things that you're going through are real. The tests and trials and tribulations that you're facing are real. But you have to face reality with maturity and understand that the God that you serve will bring you out of any storm, any test, any trial. I don't care what you're going through. Let me encourage somebody. Hold on. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Baby, you got power. So stand strong and know that God is going to bring you out. Life is not a reality show, but life is real. The whole world is a stage, and everybody's playing a part. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to take your mask off. In, Bible, in biblical days, they called it a hypocrite. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that no one knows the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man shall appear. You know, you can find truth in anything. And I found it in a nursery rhyme entitled, Little Boy Blue, Go Blow Your Horn. The sheep are in the meadow and the cows are in the corn. Where is the little boy that, t- that looks after the sheep? Well, he's under a haystack, fast asleep. Listen, we preachers are looking over the sheep, and it's time for us to blow our horn. We have hatred. We have thrill killers. We have kidnappers. Things are out of order, and it's time for the preachers to cry loud and spare loud and lift up their voice like a trumpet in Zion. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've asked the same question that you asked, and that is, why are preachers on, on Halloween? Romans says that God causes all things to work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. In other words, God has a way of flipping the script. Here it is with paganism running rampant, cults, again, lifting up pagan idols, people at this moment dressed up like zombies. And here it is, preachers on television, national television across the country, lifting up the name of Jesus the Christ. When zombies pray, you know that God works things together for his good. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a preach-off, but you knew from the start they're all winners. All right, so those are the preachers of L.A., and they each took their turns about 30 seconds, a little over 30 seconds, um, preaching. Now, and I'm going to be honest with you, only one, uh, Haslip, is, uh, who is the first one, is probably the only one who was relevant in that whole time. And I'm not, I'm not hating on these guys. I'm not crit- criticizing these guys. But Haslip, uh, Jay Haslip was the one who was very direct regarding what Christ could do. The others were, you know, they were taking advantage of their time in the spotlight. And uh, um, the, the, the one, the last one, when he was trying to incorporate uh, Halloween and paganism into to, to his, uh, his monologue, the problem was that he, he couldn't do it. And he was ill-prepared to really address. Uh, Halloween ain't got nothing to do with Christianity and paganism as he was trying to make it. He should have, if I were me, and, and I can't talk because I would not have been, I probably, if I had been placed in, in, that, in that spot, I, I, I would try my best to do what Haslam did, you know, push Jesus Christ. I don't care how offensive it was, push Jesus Christ. I'm here to preach. I'm not clear uh, what Bishop Jones was trying to get all deep. Um, uh, Dietrich Haddon flipping the scripture, flipping not the scripture, <laughs> flipping the script, and and, uh, and then tell him hold up, uh, uh, um, all those kind of things. The flair was there, but the opportunity was not garnered to be as 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 impactful as it could have been. That's just me. And again, I'm not criticizing them. There are a lot of people, uh, and if you go to the, the the blog page on the Oxygen Ch- Network channel uh, website, you see uh, all the people who are saying how how blessed they are by the show. Um, it, it's another reality show, and I think well, it opens up uh, some ideas of what preachers may go through. It still falls short ultimately doing what preachers are supposed to do, which is preach the gospel, be instant in season and out of season. We are to do that without fail. 
We are to have a heart for the people, but we are to have a passion for the gospel. And and unfortunately, it doesn't come across as much in that television show. And and I I, can, I say this, it doesn't come across as much in the television show because you have producers who may not know God, don't want to know God, who may go to church only because they've been doing it, you know. But they're, they're, it's about ratings for them. It's about ratings for the company. It's about ratings for the network. That's what it's about. And, you know, if it ends up being a successful show, guess what? There will be a season two. There will be another roll-off just like you had the Real Housewives of, of Miami and uh, Hollywood, Jersey, and, of course, Atlanta. And that's, that's probably what they're aiming for. So we have to be, you know, as, as a pastor and as those of us who are believers in Christ, we have to be uh, fervent in our zeal. Fervent in our zeal regarding the authentic Christian message, the authentic gospel message. Uh, we can't take that away. It's been, uh, I, I go so far as to say it's like Robin Thicke's songs, blurred lines. <laughs> you know, the lines of the gospel are blurred. And folk don't, people don't know the real gospel. It's watered down, and people buy into the watered down version, and they are weak, and they are they become double-minded, unstable in all their ways. And, yes, that's my opinion, but, uh, you know, this is my show. So, but anyway, I digress, and um, I'm running out of time anyway, so I'm not doing that. But, uh, look, check out all – check out uh, archive shows. Check out uh, other things. We'll be back next week, and my guest will be uh, uh, a wonderful uh, lady who's an author, and she has a new book out. We'll be uh, discussing her book, a couple other things. But I believe you were one of my be- one of my buddies, uh, Big Al, Big Al Cherry, uh, rapper, teacher, preacher, and he has a new single out, and uh, this is one of his old hits, so I'm closing out on this called Rest of My Days. And uh, until next week, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal saying, Holla! Yes, sir! Could have died in my sleep.